Good morning. That was a deep <sighs> post-Easter sigh of relief, maybe. I don't know. It's nice and sunny in Southport. Welcome to the Gospel Proceeds podcast. It's a Tuesday after Easter. Easter was glorious. It was wonderful. We had a wonderful time at our church, certainly. Um, we had uh, some fun games, coffee, waffles, Easter egg all stuff going on for the kids um it was a, it was a great sunday morning uh thank god for the weather we were able to get outside and, and socialize a little bit well welcome to a new series um we're kind of developing what we were talking about last week um prosperous life um and i'm being a bit more blunt today and saying we're going to talk about the laws of prosperity now i've been thinking and preparing and just mulling this over really um it's not like i've got a list of six points i might come up with a list of six points and this might take two three weeks to cover this might take we might just do the three days this week um we may carry it over on to friday um and keep because because the thing with prosperity is it's an interesting topic for the body of christ it's been an interesting topic for the last 60 years. You've got to remember that the foundations of the gospel were built on giving. You've got to remember that Jesus said, give and it shall be given back to you, pressed down, shake together, running over, shall men give back into your bosom. But also the early church were givers. They gave. In fact, Ananias and Sapphira died because they gave in a lie. They still gave. They gave money, but they lied through it. So God sees giving as very important part of the Christian walk. We talk about tithing, we talk about offerings. Jesus in Hebrews is called the Lord of the tithe, and he has a, a high priest realm and reign in that area forevermore. Melchizedek was kind of our example. Uh, people say tithing is under the law, so we're, we're no longer under the law, we're under grace. But really, if you think about it, Abraham tithed hundreds of years before the law. Um, God tithed on the Garden of Eden with the, the tree of good and evil and and Adam and Eve were not meant to touch that and they touched that and we saw we'll see what the rebellion happened so touching what God has said to give back to him and placing to say you got to remember and get it in your mentality and I'm talking a little bit of finances here and we're going to develop it more because of prosperity is not just finances but if you talk about finances finances is such a small part of our life but it's also a massive part of our life but also god says he owns everything and therefore we are not owners of anything but we are stewards of things now uh, let me just uh talk a little bit about what's going on in the world at the moment you know, where you hear a lot of this word called the global reset and the idea of wiping everyone's debt out and then giving them everything back so they rent it and then government control and all this kind of stuff, whether it's um, – it is definitely a true thing. Uh, I've seen it and it's been written about in like things like the Financial Times, the World Economic Forum talks about it and stuff like that. But what it is is man's way of trying to control other people by selling them this idea that everyone's equal. Well, see, under God – that doesn't work you see the the gifts of the talent talk about that you know the one guy got five one guy got three one guy got one and it was a portion to that person's ability and and whatever and in fact the person who had the most who had the least amount of um necessity to go and grow it because you know the person with one if he doubled it he'd only have two talents and jesus would have only got one talent back off of this guy but the guy with the five talents would have had five he had more to start with anyway 
But God expects us to multiply and to grow. He doesn't expect us to be the same. We are stewards of what God gives us and we're expected to do wonderful things with what we've got. Now, that doesn't just apply to finances. That applies to musical talent. That applies to your gifts and uh, of speaking and, and and there might be a gift of the the spirit of god that's trying to uh, bring into you of healing and miracles and and we develop these things all with a with a, a perpetuity or like a thought process of we're going to multiply what we do no church starts out to be a one-member church it starts out to have a few members and then to grow and to grow now mankind caps the levels of church growth doesn't it some churches, um, I, I, you know, will we'll get to 300 and then split and they'll start two congregations. So there's two churches of 150 and then they'll go to 300 and then split. And there's different methods of doing that. But then there's also the capping of, of, of a leader. A leader might just have, I just want 20 people. That's all I can manage. I don't want it to grow any bigger than that. And so, so prosperity is the growth, uh, is, is a certain growth factor within prosperity and within the ability of us as humans and us as Christians and believers to do more and more for God continually. Now, if I put in the, the comments or the description part of this message, the true definition of prosperity, I'm going to read that out again to you. True, so the, the definition of true prosperity and this is where the body of Christ needs to renew their mind. If you are one of these people, because I was talking about saying this, that, yeah, let's just backtrack a few seconds. I went down this train of thought. Was that throughout the thousands of years up to now, the body of Christ or the church of Jesus Christ has really brought in this message of poverty. And it's been taking, it's taking nearly 100 years to kind of try and get some semblance of ripping that out but yet there's still um religious ideas about how money should operate in the body of christ and we're talking about this kind of stuff on purpose because we need to change some thinking in our own minds i need to change it we you see the body of christ a thousand years ago believed in the vow of poverty and there's all these kind of different things that happened. Um, poverty was was adamant by the church and dictated to, to, to say a sign of spirituality. So now in the last hundred years, we've started to see a lot of a lot of change on that you see wonderful churches with all the high-end technology and all that kind of stuff you need money to do any of that stuff and even just what i do on a limited basis um in terms of perhaps just sitting with my laptop with a camera and, and some lights and stuff like that i still need to have finances to function on this limited kind of setup at the moment now, as I say, I'm believing God for more. I'm believing God for better cameras. I'm believing God for a studio. I'm believing God for all these things that I, I see myself doing this. I don't see this stopping anytime soon. The need to preach the gospel is just as important as it was 2000 years ago. We just use a different method. Now, prosperity is basically, this is the definition of true prosperity. If you are wondering what prosperity means, what, you know, you may have heard all these prosperity gospels. Want your the prosperity preachers? They just want your money and all this kind of garbage that goes alongside the prosperity, the prosperity message or the the. I'm not going to start talking about all that kind of stuff because that brings it all into a negative light. The reality of the prosperity is this: true prosperity is the ability to use God's ability and power to meet the needs of mankind. I'm hearing lots of beeps in the background, so I'm a bit, it's it's a bit interesting to. So one of my children is still on they're still on half term, so whatever they're doing upstairs, I'm I'm hearing. 
regardless of what those needs are. Let me start again. The ability to use God's ability. Ah, that's it. It's next to our neighbor's little yappy dog. <laughs> I can hear this little squeaking in, in my, my ear and it's like really off-putting. Right. Let's start again. True prosperity is the ability to use is the ability to use God's ability and power to meet the needs of mankind, regardless of what those needs are. Regardless. So the local church, you and I as believers, we are to have the ability to hook into what God's grace provides, his mercy, his provision. You remember what Ephesians talks about? We have spiritual blessings. And then Peter talks about the blessings that God's already provided, these exceedingly great and precious promises. So God's already provided stuff for us to use, to, to hook up with. He's provided us with the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. Or to sit and argue with me and say that prosperity is not meant for the believer. Why did God give us so much stuff to, to operate in? So much power. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead operates on the inside of us. So prosperity cannot just mean me having a nice house and a nice car. Prosperity means that we are developed in areas to be able to meet the needs of other people. Abraham was called to be blessed to be a blessing. And I don't want to spend too long on a foundation of prosperity, but we must understand, like, this is what another verse, which is really, really good at, at summing this up in my eyes, anyway, is First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. He says, now may the God of peace. So the God of peace is the guy who, who sits in heaven on his throne, sent Jesus Christ to the earth and said, peace to all men. Basically saying and declaring on, on the Christmas story that I had no longer have anger towards mankind. I have no need to revenge what he's done to me. This is going to be the payment. I have peace with, uh, with man now. So the God of peace has put into motion uh, uh, a joining together of his ability and his personality and his character into mankind when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so when it says, now the God of peace make you holy in every way, he's developing something on the inside of you so that you live a better lifestyle. You live a lifestyle of good. Now you just have to use common sense. You can see Certain businesses do far better than other businesses because their ability to connect with the customer is far greater. For example, McDonald's has, has a, a plan. If they can give cheap, good meals, fun meals with a toy to children, and like the Bible says, you've, if you have get them up to seven, you've got them for the rest of your life. So McDonald's has that plan. Get the kids involved into the McDonald's experience. Get them playing on the, the crayons and everything like that. They may, may you know, grow up and 18, 19, 20, maybe go somewhere else, be trendy, be cool. But they will always have this memory of having good times at McDonald's so that when they have kids, they'll go bring their kids. And the kids' meals might be cheap, but the adults' meals make money. So you're not going to generally go to McDonald's and not eat with your kids. Some people do, I know, but, you know. But that is a difference to, say, other burger outlets, which I don't need to name, that haven't done nearly as good a job. I think of a British one that hasn't nearly succeeded as well. 
And you can see that time and time again. And like, for example, online shopping has, has superseded businesses on, on the face-to-face be, just purely because of ease of use. So the ability to hook into something online is easy. I don't have to leave my couch and whatever, and I can just get it. So these businesses have created a way of connecting to the customer really well. So when God puts his lifestyle in us, he puts his moral code in us, his laws he writes on the tablets of our heart, we are created in his image and we are to be imitators of him. We live a holy lifestyle and a good lifestyle. And then Jesus says, they will know us for the love that we have for one another. So that is just building a brand for God on this earth, which has the answer for every single person's need. If somebody comes up to me tomorrow needing a thousand pounds and God says to me that I need you to do that. Now, we're not motivated by need. So it says we meet the needs of the people. We meet the spiritual needs. We meet the physical needs. We meet all that stuff. We are there and we are able, but we're not moved by the needs of the people. God is moved by what? Faith. Jesus responded to people's faith on this earth. There are people who did not get healed. Like you think of the the man at the gate, beautiful, that Peter and John raised off the the sickbed. Jesus would have walked past him a few times, I'm sure. And he never received. But there was obviously something going on because he received from Peter and John. So we are carriers of an ability and a power and a grace to meet those people's needs around us. If someone's sick, we need to be able to pray for them. I love, uh, there's a ministry called Healing on the Streets. I think it's uh, Mark, 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 something. I can't remember his name now. I, I, I knew it quite, used to know it quite well. And he, they would just go out on the streets of um, Ireland and form a, a kind of a place for people to sit. They'd form a circle around and pray for them, go on their knees, hands and knees. And they would see multiple results of people being healed. The needs were being met by a church who was willing to go out and take that power and that authority and the name of Jesus. And they saw great results. People getting healed left, right and center. And the church grew and exploded. See, prosperity begets prosperity. So you start prospering in one area, other areas will start to prosper. You you look at um, a good gardener's garden. There isn't usually just one patch that is good looking, is it? You know, if I, you know, there's, oh, there's one rose that's doing really well, but all the other flowers are dead. No, because it, the prosperity of the garden will flourish because the gardener is just working on it and working on it and working on it and growing it and seeing flowers pop up in season and, and stuff like that. It might not be your seasons to shine from, from a particular place like a pulpit or whatever, but there'll be things in your life that will work really well for you right now. Focus in on them, hone in on them, allow the God of prosperity to flourish you, to blossom you, to bring you up out of the, out of the darkness of, of wherever you feel like you've been and allow him to bring you into a place of springtime and spring harvest and the summertime and, and the sun shining on your life. There will be areas. And then when you start to develop that area, that gift, that talent, that place where you know you are sitting right and it's the right thing for you to do right now, you can start to use that and then develop it. And then suddenly more talents will be added and then more other things will come alongside you and it will just flow naturally and it will work for you. And may your whole spirit, listen to this. This is important with this scripture verse. This is the, this is the, the foundation of meeting every single need. Because when we are in a position of prosperity in our lives, there will be an overflow. 
in one of these three areas, you'll be able to meet the needs of every single person. Spirit, may your whole spirit and body, sorry, spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ comes. Why, why do I use that scripture verse? Because when you are in a prosperous position, spirit, soul, and body, you'll be in a place to benefit other people. Spirit, prosperity. What does that mean? That means being born again, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that enables you to be an effective witness and give other people spiritual prosperity. If you can't get people saved, it doesn't matter how much money you give them. doesn't matter how healed they get. You are not providing prosperity to them because the prosperity that God provides first comes from the inside out. It comes from being born again, knowing your eternal salvation. See, when you have been put in a place with no condemnation, because of being your mind's renewed to the word of God, you understand you're born again, who you are in Christ. Jesus. All things are passed away. All things become new. You have no condemnation. You are able to confidently step out and do what God says. You are free from the law of sin and death, as Romans 8 verse 2 says. That's what happens when you are become born again. And you suddenly have a, a prosperous future. It may only feel like it's on the inside right now. You might feel totally free and burden, burden removed, yokes destroyed, because and, and just in that center part of you. But as you develop in the next level of prosperity, which is mental prosperity, mental prosperity will take time. Mental prosperity takes renewing to the word of God, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It takes being transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you're able to do the things or have your mental processes do the things that God's telling you to do. The word of God comes into your brain and you filter everything that you input in through the process of the word of God. That means your mind is transformed and your body and, and your, your thinking becomes changed. And, and as Brother Hagin says, it's like the thinking becomes changed. Your speaking becomes hooked up with your thinking, which is in line with the word of God. Then your believing can be correct. Therefore, you can, you can have prosperity in everything you say and do because your believing is correctly functioning with your mind, which is correct correctly processing all the things see so many times we have so much bad belief systems this is where the poverty side of things and christians thinking well we've got to be poor we can't do anything i've just got to look at if i could just survive and get through to the other side and and get to the point where i die and go to heaven that's enough no you see god wants us to prosper in every area of our life first spiritually he's given you he's implanted he's engrafted you into the 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 kingdom of god he's put you as a as a, a connection see, if you're a connection to the tree of life you're connected to the way of life you're connected to everything that god's got in jesus in the word your mind is thinking along these things why would you not financially prosper why would you not prosper your body and become healed and well because jesus is the healer he's not just the healer of our soul he's the healer of our bodies by his stripes we were healed so things that happen when you become born again leads to things that can change mind and your thinking and as you change your mind and thinking physical prosperity will start to manifest in your life as you develop in spiritual things physical things can manifest in your life because that's the way it works we are not moved by things which we do not see 
We are moved by the eternal. And when we know something's in the eternal realm, when God's promised something in our heart, dropped something, giving us the desires, giving us a dream, we know we can continue along that path, following the way, the truth, and the life, and we will prosper and we will receive in the natural, in the physical. You know, Jesus said it this way, if you get, if you sacrifice your mothers and houses and things, so much more you will reap in return it houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. You will have houses in this lifetime and in the world to come. God's prosperity, way of doing things, his lifestyle for you and I is so wonderful, so amazing that when we get this right, we are born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost. We start renewing our mind to the Word of God and start functioning in that line of the Word of God. We then suddenly start to have a physical prosperity manifest. We become healthy and we, we start to understand First Peter 2.24, by his stripes you were healed. We start understanding Mark 16.15-20, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast out demons, use the name of Jesus. James chapter 5.15, we ask the elders to come in and if, if we're in a, in a, a new new born again state we don't know a lot about the word of god we can even ask the elders to come in and they will lay hands on and then it also says to pray for each other and we can receive health and healing in james chapter five see i'm not i've got time to go into because it's not healing school today we'll, we'll do that on friday and we'll talk about the prosperity the health part of prosperity in a bit more depth but the physical wealth financial prosperity will also start to manifest. When you make correct decisions financially, your finances become better. Does that not make sense? If you stop borrowing, pay your debts off, you clear yourself out, and then you start to invest, and you start to develop things, and you start to work with the Word of God. And, and not just, even if you just threw away the Word of God concerning prosperity, if you just did some practical, natural things in your finances, saved more money, all that kind of stuff, you will grow financially. But you see, when God injects his blessing, the blessing of the Lord makes written adds no sorrow to it, adds no toil to it. It's not a hard graft to prosper in the kingdom of God because as you give, it comes back to your, and Proverbs says you throw your, your bread on, on many, many waves, it'll come back to you on even more waves. You just scatter it out there and it'll just keep coming back and keep coming back. God's put a multiplication process in place and that is, is very obvious in Second Corinthians. 9 verses 8 and I'm going to just as I try and wind up because I could keep going on this I love this this um, theme of, of where we've gone we've gone from living in the miraculous by walking in love you see that was the foundation two or three weeks ago wasn't it we walk in love then we enter into the miraculous we're able to operate in the higher levels of God and when we talk about the prosperous life last week we're laying a foundation for just the prosperity of God to operate in every part and just, just, just be the scarlet thread through our lives where we, we have the blood of Jesus working. We are protected. Psalm 91, Psalm 103, we're healed. Psalm 112, wealth and riches are in our house. God has provided so much. And the laws of prosperity start with understanding the definition of true prosperity, but also understanding that when we are prosperous, spirit, soul, and body, every area under God is looked after and in, you are surrounded with his presence we're you know we're dwelling in the secret place of the most high 
when you're d dwelling with someone who owns the, the and is the, not only owns the earth, he's the creator of the heavens and the earth, and he's on our side. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us, but yet he is the person and who backs us financially. You know, when you have a backer, when you when you buy a house or when you rent a house, you have people that sign on the line that says, "If it, you mess up, we're going to support you." Well, God's done that. He's done that in Jesus. And in fact, we can step on a higher level than that and say, God, not only I want you to be back, but I want you to provide for me so much finances, so much everything that you've, you've got for me. I want to be able to say, I'm going to back things because I know you back me so I can back somebody else. I can be a blessing to somebody else. I can pay for the bills of my church for a month a year, six months. I can finance the worship team's uh, shifting of, of technology. I can finance new chairs in the church. I can clean the church. I, I can serve. I can do the little things, but I can also financially bless because God, you have blessed me so much. I want to make your house amazing for you. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. God is able to make all grace abound to you. That you having, what? What, what are you going to have when all grace abounds to you? What are you going to have? Why, if you had all God's grace abounding to you, abounding to you, blessed to be a blessing, <laughs> coming in <laughs> on every wave, you're the head and not the, the tail, the above and not the beneath. Deuteronomy chapter 28. shall come to pass if you hearken diligently unto the voice of God. And we'll talk about that. Verse 2, these blessings shall come on thee and overtake you if you hearken unto the voice of God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall you be in the fruit of the, your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle and the increase of your kin and the flocks. Blessed shall you be in your basket and your store. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall rise, shall cause your enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before your face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouses in all that you set your hand unto and he shall bless you in the land which the Lord giveth thee the Lord shall establish you a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto you if you shall keep your the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in the ways and all the people of the earth shall see that you are called the name of the Lord and that shall be afraid of you and the Lord what 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 did he say in verse 11 the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods and the fruit of your body and the fruit of your cattle and the fruit of your ground and the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you the Lord shall open up to you his good treasure, his good treasure, the heaven, to give rain into your land in his season, to bless all the work, bless all the work of your hand, and you shall lend unto many nations, and you shall not borrow. We are redeemed from the curse of law, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentile. If you are Abraham's seed, you are <laughs> Christ. Galatians, I love this. This is an awesome scripture verse here, right here, right here. If you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The blessing of the Spirit of God coming into your life opens up the door so that you are able to have all grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. We need to explode in this area 
in the body of Christ. We need to abundantly provide for other people. We need to abundantly be provided for by the grace of God that lives inside of us. He will cause you to have great ideas. He will open up his windows of heaven and pour you out a a blessing that you cannot contain. I am operating at a a level where the blessing is coming into my life and it's going to keep growing and it's going to keep getting bigger. It's going to overflow. I will be a blessing to all those around me. I will be able to meet the needs of those around me. Hallelujah. Because my God is a bigger God than any God that is possible. He shatters all gods. He removes all idols. He is that good. As my pastor said on Sunday, he is that good. God is the definition of good, 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 not not wishy-washy worldly idea of so good feeling fuzzy feeling no he is good he is pure he is holy he is wonderful and he is your backer he is your financial provider he is your need meter he is your desire desirer provider he gets you what you need but not only that he provides you because he is your shepherd and you shall not want he makes you leave beside green pastures he puts you takes you through the valley of the shadow of darkness he takes you through it to a table which is full full in the presence of your enemies this is on the, this is on the earth there's no enemies in heaven god's provided you a table full of health healing provision finances now it's your job to connect in it set the target set the path walk it out let jesus be your way your truth your life be let him be to you what you need him to be on a daily basis your provider your life giver your joy your victory your energy everything that he has for you is available in all grace abounding unto you so that you are have all sufficiency in all things, so you are bound to every good work. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's anointed of God to destroy the works of devil. I've been poor, and I've been well provided for. I know what's bad. And if my God is good, I know where he's taking me, to a place in heaven, which is the, the paving stones are made of gold. So if he says, I can abound to every good, having all sufficiency, if I can have a table in the presence of my enemies, if I could do well down here, I know that if he it says, his, what do you say we're supposed to pray for? He says, the will of God as it is in heaven and bring it down onto earth. That's the Lord's prayer, isn't it? And we want his will for our lives. Well, I'm going to leave it there. I have preached longer. It keeps getting longer, the broadcast. But hallelujah, I love it. I enjoy God's presence. I enjoy his ability to save, to heal, to prosper. And he is about to do some marvelous things in your life. I pray that you have an awesome week. Tune in tomorrow, similar time, 9 o'clock. I did start a few minutes late because my child decided to ask me Xbox passwords just as I was about to start. And one of those moments where it was quicker to try and fix the problem than to say no and have an argument. And Here I am preaching the gospel. Jesus loves you. Jesus is Lord and he will provide for you. Hook up to it. Hook up to his grace. Believe and you shall receive. You will receive. If you keep doing good in due season, you will reap. It says in Galatians, don't be weary. Keep giving, keep serving, 
Keep talking to your neighbors. Keep talking to your family. Allow the Spirit of God to just work his wonderful miracles in your life. And you get to a place where the blessing overflows. And I love that. Deuteronomy 28, that one scripture. Let me just finish on that and read it again because it was just so anointed when it hit me. Um, blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand unto. And he shall bless you in the land which the Lord gives you. Wherever you are, wherever he's placed you, he will bless you. Have a great day and I'll see you tomorrow morning.